On Monday morning, as I began my sermon reflections on this well-known gospel story in Luke, I wondered what I could possibly add that wouldn't sound trite or simplistic. The story by itself is really, I think, one of the most beautiful pieces of literature that has been preserved. And it seems like anything we try to say in addition to it uh, is just woefully inadequate. As I was sitting there thinking about that, I saw a news story pop up on my computer screen on Monday morning about the Amtrak derailment that had happened, and already they were saying at least three people had died. And I just sat there and felt a very deep sorrow uh, at that time, especially for uh, people who not only were grieving the loss of loved ones, but wondering what had happened to other people that they knew were on the train. But for those people who lost dear ones in that accident, uh, I don't know how they heard the news that day. Maybe it was a text message, maybe it was a, uh, a phone call, maybe it was a personal visit. But whatever the case, I'm sure that the messengers struggled in their own way to find the right words to say. And then as you know, for all the people who loved those hurting families, they would have had the same struggles also throughout the week. Because it's hard to know what to say to people when they are hurting without sounding trite. What words can you offer without feeling that they're just woefully inadequate? In my vocation, that's a question that gets posed very often because we all struggle with this, I think, at some level. People want to know, what can I say to him or her when I go to visit? And often there's a strong temptation to even put off or avoid that visit because we don't have the right words and we think we need to. And I don't have great wisdom on that, but I do offer the same encouragement in every case. Just go and be with them. With or without words, your presence is what they need. More than anything else, they just need to know that you are with them and that they are not alone. I'm guessing that most of us have been on the receiving end of that many times. In times when we are either suffering or experiencing loss, there may have been spoken words that touched us very deeply, but nothing compares to the presence of other people who just come to be with us. I was reminded of that a few weeks ago when I heard an NPR interview with a grieving father on the anniversary of the shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary School. The youngest of his three children was a victim of that shooting. And in this interview, he said, there are times when my wife and I just cease to function and we just break down and start sobbing uncontrollably. And then he said, the other two children come. They had three children. The other two children come and they just hold us because they know exactly what we need. And if we wonder where that gift comes from, we don't need to look any further than this gospel story tonight when we hear again that these children are simply bearing the image of a God who does this for all of us in Jesus. 
As St. John says in the gospel reading that we'll hear when we light candles this evening, Jesus is the word of God who became flesh and blood in order to be with us, to dwell with us. Because in the end, God does understand what we need most of all. I think God understands that we all need to know deep down that we are never alone. If Martin Luther had heard that story of children embracing their grieving parents, he might have pointed it out as a way to see how we are God's presence for one another, which was a favorite subject of his. For Luther, that was one of the primary ways that the incarnation continues to happen, how Christ is still with us again and again and again. And of all the stories that I heard about <clears throat> Martin Luther during this last year when we celebrated the 500th anniversary of the Reformation that he helped to start, the one that really touched me was a story that our bishop told uh, some of us pastors and deacons who gathered here uh, at St. Mark's at the beginning of Advent this year. He recounted that uh, when Martin and Katie Luther lost their first child, Martin was like that parent that was giving that interview on NPR with the child who died at Sandy Hook. Because Luther said, for a whole year, I was not able to talk to God because I had no words to say. So he did the only thing that he knew he could do at a time like that. Luther reached out to his Christian friends and he said, you have to talk to God for me. You have to pray for me because I don't have the words right now. And in time, Martin's faith and hope were slowly restored. But then some years later, when Martin and Katie lost a second child to illness, that's when he told his friends, now you not only have to pray for me, now you have to believe for me because I can't believe right now. In truth, we are all vulnerable creatures, no matter who we are, and we're not created to exist on our own. And that is why it is so good to be together as the body of Christ and as the presence of Christ for one another, even if we don't have all the right words to say all the time. And in this year that begins soon now, we'll often be on the receiving end of that, I know, of that gift of love. But on many occasions, you and I will have the opportunity to be the ones who bear this presence of God for others. Even now, as we gather uh, for Christmas celebrations at church here and in our homes, uh, this is something that I know is true in our own lives. And it's important because some of us are just going through a lot of difficulty right now. I know that from conversations I've had, you know that about your own life and others, that Christmas comes when it comes, and sometimes it comes when we're going through a lot of, of loss or grief or struggles. But it's also true that a lot of us tonight are at a really joyful place. Uh, and we feel some, I think, great comfort that we can share with others and joy that we can share as the presence of Christ for one another. And in that way, we become, again, this gift of God that is the Word made flesh. It is true, of course, that Jesus comes to us 
in many ways. Whenever someone tells me that they've been given uh, an inner gift of peace or of strength or of consolation at a difficult time, I really think about that as the spirit of Jesus that still is present within us. And that's true also when people speak about, I think a lot of times, just an experience of joy or patience or understanding or renewal. For me, those aren't just signs of good fortune. They are signs, I believe, of God's choice to dwell with us, to be within us, to fill our lives, to fill our own humanity with the divine presence of Christ. And it is also true that spoken words sometimes are really important. We know that even from the proclamation of the word that is a part of our lives as Christians. And when we are given that gift, it is a beautiful gift from God to share. But tonight, on this Christmas Eve, I am thinking above all of words that become flesh, spoken words that become incarnate in human beings who bear this presence of Christ for one another. And I know this happens because I experience it and I see it all the time. Over this past week, it has been profound to watch a family stand at the bedside of a loved one and pour out their love for her by simply being there, by being present. She has been unable to communicate with words, but they are there for her and she knows it and they are there for each other day in and day out. So right now it isn't the spoken words maybe that matter most, it's the touch. It's the sitting together, sometimes even quietly in silence. It's the support of a community that prays and believes for one another. And it's the way that we are Christ for one another. It was lovely last Sunday to watch the stream of people who came to give hugs to some of the family members who were able to be with us for worship that day. And then after worship, when the sister who received hugs got back to the hospital room, she said to her brother, she held him, and she said, multiply this by 10 and then by 15 for all of the people who said to pass this along to you today. And I feel like saying the same thing to every one of you about this Christmas gospel that you hear tonight. When you hear this truth that God has come to be with you in love, multiply that by 10, and then by 15, and then by 5,000, and then by numbers that could only exist in eternity. Because that is the good news of great joy for all people that we share with one another this night. Thanks be to God. Amen.